Hey, Pepin. Yo, yo, Steve. I've been wanting to, you know, you look really good lately. Really? Yeah, you you've been you've been working out. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been working out. Also, also, there's a blind guy yesterday. He said that looked really good too. Uh, that does not surprise me. Um, you know, your your physique kind of reminds me of like a, a Greek god, like like a Hercules or something. You can't see it right now, but I'm blushing. He is, and it's kind of cute. I think we need to talk. Yeah. back so glad you guys could join us yet again uh my name is meter as you well know i'm one of your hosts i'm here today with the other host of this show pepin how's it going pepin doing pretty good it's, it's rather hot outside but yeah, i'm still good it is very warm out today absolutely i, I would concur with that and uh, as always we have a special guest today brand new special guest we've never had on before uh b how are you i'm well thank you for having me yeah we're we're definitely lucky to have you here today excited to uh have some some in-depth conversations here and um i, I think uh, greek mythology is a great conversation to have absolutely it's something that anyone can get into it doesn't matter if you're intermediate or advanced and you can just kind of put your opinion out there with it Absolutely. Uh, now, I want to know, you know, I'm honestly, uh, there's one book that just about everybody I know who knows Greek mythology has read at some point, And it's that smaller paperback book that has like a golden cover with uh, Hercules or something on the front. And um, like, I know a few people I had talked to about um, Greek mythology had been like, oh, yeah, I've read that same exact book. So that's more or less everything I know is based off of just that one book that I read six years ago. So I want to know how well-versed are you guys when it comes to Greek mythology, Nate? So first of all, I actually think I saw you reading that book in high school. Is that right? Yes. So I have not read that book. But what I have done is I've done some research of my own. And this is just into random myths and i started reading a book myself but it's i didn't finish it and i listened to a few podcasts and my knowledge is very scattered i could tell you very detailed things about certain little weird things but i can't tell you like general overarching storylines or anything like that what about you brian wow um i have to be honest i don't know what book you're talking about not gonna lie there. Oh me, I'm a liar. That's all. Uh, no, I, but I, I think it started in sixth grade for us. It was mandatory. We did a whole block on Greek mythology, and from there, I was just super excited because we had to get assigned our gods and do our project on them. And it just followed throughout the years. And I even did a little bit in um, when I went to community college for extracurricular courses. It's very fantastic. So it sounds like uh, of us here, you're pretty well versed in comparison to Pepin and I having just like at some point read most of a book. 
Fair, yes. A decent about, amount of knowledge, yes. That's fantastic. Um, we're definitely lucky to have you here then to, to help balance out this conversation and kind of fill in the gaps where Nate and I sound like utter idiots. Now, so you chose to study a bit more after high school or after school? Was it sixth grade? Uh, yes. Actually, I did decide to because it just kind of drew me in and I like the parallels between their kind of religion and the Western religion and how they kind of had similar similarities and yet they were so different at the same time, kind of outlandish. Mm-hmm. That does make me think about uh, one myth in particular. I can't remember what it is, so hopefully you can. <laughs> hopefully you can. It's one in which somebody, like a god or someone, sacrifices his son and then... Like uh, some kind of other god stops him, or maybe it's a follower or something. Oh my goodness, there's so many sun sacrifices, it's ridiculous. They think this myth may have inspired the Hebrew myth of uh, Isaac being sacrificed by his son Abraham, or his father Abraham. And, you know, in the original myth, Abraham sacrifices his son and uh, he dies, then gets resurrected as a uh, the son and then Abraham's moon and stuff like that. And it's kind of a cycle. But So, so he actually get, goes through it and, kill, and kills him, essentially. And then in the original Greek myth with that, the same thing happens. You know, the, the father actually sacrifices his son, and he just dies. And in the story, as far as biblically with Isaac, that people know now, it's God stops him at the last second and says, okay, I was just testing you. Is that yes, accurate? Yes. Yeah. And the I, so some people think that the Hebrews may have actually gotten that myth from the Greeks. And what's interesting is both of them really changed it to, you know, the sacrificing not occurring because they kind of decided the sacrifice isn't really good. We don't want to want to really want to promote this here. I do know Prometheus was a Titan, a child of Cronus, who was another Titan, who was father to Zeus, a god. And Prometheus had the power of foresight and um, was always, Zeus was pestering Prometheus to tell him some information on what was going to happen, and Prometheus never did. But Prometheus brought fire to Earth, stealing from Hephaestus, um, the god of um, blacksmithing, or another myth says he stole it from, I believe, Ares, the god of war, um, or Helios, the god of sun. Either way, he brought the fire to man, and Zeus was pissed off and said, chain him up, and they chained him up, and he sent an eagle every day to pluck out his liver, and was later saved by... Um, this I can't I can't recall who it was, but he was later saved by um, another god and a mortal. Right, right. Now you just mentioned a whole bunch of names <laughs> all at once, um, but in that you mentioned that some of them were gods, some of them were mortals, and some of them were titans. Can you give me definitions on what makes each one what they are and what makes them different? There. Okay, so titans um, came first, or it's theorized they come first from the Big Bang. The Big Bang theory happened, Titans came along. You have Gaia, who is Mother Earth, and then... Hold on, when you say Big Bang, what what do you mean by Big Bang? It's like, not like the cosmic Big Bang. The scientific theory Big Bang. Of the, how the universe, what is it? Are are you are you saying like at universe creation? Because, Correct. Because like now the theory is that there was the Big Bang, but back then the theory was cosmic creation just in general. So is that a more accurate? 
Yes. Used? Okay. Thank you. No, yes. absolutely. And um, so that happened, and then the Titans came along, and they one Titan in particular is Gaia, Mother Earth, and then there was uh, Uranus, Father Sky, and they came together and had a bunch of other little Titan babies like Kronos, the most popular, and Rhea, his sister, whom he had all the gods with. Um, he mated with Rhea and um, feared um, these gods would overtake and become so controlling that he ate his children. So, hold on a second. He had sex with his sister? As so, incest is how gods are made. They, yes. Gods and kings, right? Absolutely. I, oh, my God. This is <laughs> coming full circle right now. You know, we've talked in the past about incest being bad. But the more this show goes on, we got kings, we got gods. Like, I'm starting to change my views. <laughs> There's so much incest in uh, – it's actually a rite of passage back then for mortal fathers to deflower their sons at the age of, like, 16 when they're known to be men. And that's – and they had – big orgies so there's a lot of incest right, right. man they put the sweet and sweet 16 i'll tell you what <laughs> yeah to expand upon that a little bit i think that was a kind of a greek culture thing yes so if you look at the symposium for instance by uh, plato yes there's a whole greek orgy going on there and had like eight-year-old ten-year-old little boys and girls you know there was kind of sex slaves which is kind of pretty horrific but it was their culture back then yeah, it was, a, it was a part of the norm. Like, nobody, oh, they're having sex and they're family. What? It was a thing. Not to say that it's all right by any stretch of the imagination, but more to say that back then it was all right to them. Yes. Okay. Uh, also, I think homosexuality wasn't really a big deal in Greece. Like, uh, Socrates himself had this guy who was all after him and stuff. And he was like, apparently the most attractive person of all Athens. And, you know, Socrates is like, uh, I got a wife. I can't do it. We do this. <laughs> I am so glad you said that, that you said Greece, because it's true. There's the Greece mythology and the Roman mythology, and they're so hand in hand. But like you said, in Greece, there was, it, it just was a thing. Homo, homo there was no homo, phobia anything it was just a way of life way back then it was just accepted so was it more like fluidity in that sense that they would find people sexually attractive or or romantically attractive versus a gender of a man or woman um as i heard it it was again part of the myth thing is that grecians were of thought and of mind and they saw themselves of higher intelligence and therefore they would expand on that so it was there was no inhibitions or worryment of yeah there was not oh you're male you're female and that's how it should go it's yeah we're higher beings we we like to have fun and this is how we let loose and this is just who we are i do think there was a lot of instances of pretty not, not exclusively homosexual but the Spartans, for instance, were very homosexual, but they had wives and didn't see their wives very often. But one thing they did really like or want their wives for was for reproduction. So for certain people, you know, their, their family line was very, very important. So oftentimes their wives would just be for, you know, having kids. Yep. And Spartans were warriors. So a lot of them brought up warrior children. So it was very, <laughs> it was very good to meet with other 
um, people, be it mostly females for the children, but men helped each other out too a lot. Now, does that come across in their mythical in their in their myth culture as well that women are used more in the background and not given as much power? and are more to give birth to these gods that end up doing things? Or do you see kind of a different type of thing going on with the gods? You know, that's so funny you say that, because actually in the myths, um, the goddesses, the only goddess who doesn't have, like, any power, per se, Aphrodite's. Really? The goddess of love. She was born from Cronus's penis. Zeus chopped it off, threw it to the sea, out comes Aphrodite's. And because she was so beautiful, so coveted that um, Zeus was worried that that was going to be taken away from him being the king of the gods. And so he married her to the ugliest god, his son, Hephaestus, unionized it. And her power drained there, being married with the ugliest god. Really? Because I thought she had a lot of power as well. I thought she was very influential within the, like, not like, uh, you know, magical powers or like, you know, but I thought she had a lot of influence in, you know, kind of the myths. She does have a lot of influences. Um, and there's a lot of negative repercussions with her, especially with like Athena, um, the, the virgin goddesses, they call them. They're Demeter, Athena, Artemis. They're the ones who men are awful, men are this, blah, 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 kind of very, very feminist type. Um, so if you are, were in Aphrodite's favor, you tend to get looked poorly upon the other goddesses and have other repercussions come your way. So you had to be careful who you chose as your deity to really put out there. Not to bring us off topic completely, um, you said that Hating men was a feminist view. I would disagree with that. Um, I think feminists want equality, not to to be better than. Um, though some uh, radicals will take it to a level beyond equality. I don't think that that's the general consensus of what feminism as a word means and as a movement means. I agree. I like that correction. That is That is true. That's more or less where I was trying to go with that. So uh, it seemed like, Nate, you were talking about the influence that Aphrodite had, and Brienne was talking about the power that she didn't have. So it sounds like there's kind of a duality here um, in power and in influence. And how much do we think influence is power, and how much do we think power gives you influence because it sounds like by power, Brienne, you were more saying she doesn't have supernatural powers. And when Nate was saying power, he meant more influence, more the ability to cause action or change. I thought that was a very interesting contrast between the two of you using the same word, but having completely separate meanings. Yeah, I definitely think they're very connected. Like, someone who is very, very attractive, like, in everyday life, they have a lot of power or a lot of not power, they have a lot of influence over other people. Like, I've seen very, very attractive girls who guys will do almost anything for them. They can be awful people, and then sometimes they are awful people. And it's like, oh, God, well, why is this guy doing this for her? She, she's, just, she's just kind of using you right now. And so, so I think you can have power just from, say, attraction, and you can also gain influence from that. You know, I think 
people who are less attractive. Like, I think the more attractive of a politician you are or a kind of war leader, you know, the more influence you have over someone. I agree. Because um, Aphrodite did have a lot of influence because of that. That that was kind of her power. A lot of the gods like chain did a lot of like transformations and and things like that. She's no exception. But she just was kind of stifled and buried down because of who her marriage ties were with. And um, plus there was that kind of cat, catty girl jealousy between, I don't even know if it would be jealousy, but there was that stigma kind of with her between the other goddesses. So if you favored Aphrodite and you showed it and it offended in some way another goddess... That was it. She was that goddess was going to find a way to punish you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe part of the message there with Athena, not Athena, Aphrodite's not being able to reach that kind of higher power, that great influence, might be the fact that she's married to a kind of a lesser person. Yep. So, so maybe the message there is something you know. That was the. I took that was the idea. The way that the myth goes, because the that myth was so kind of loose really it didn't give a whole lot so and that's the feel that i got from it and when we talked about it in class that was the general idea that we all discussed and got from it now aphrodite you said was the most beautiful woman so what's the difference between aphrodite and persephone is that a roman greek thing or is that they were two completely different myths they're completely different myths. Persephone is Zeus's daughter um, with his sister Demeter. And Demeter is the goddess of earth and hearth, or, or, or I'm sorry, goddess of earth and um, crops. So Persephone is a um, nymph, which is a goddess-like um yeah, she's goddess. She's just kind of lower level, lower tier goddess. And Aphrodite is one of the big 12. Um, she's up higher. So, because she's one of like the originals per se. So Persephone was more earth connected and that's what nymphs were. They were more on earth, kind of mingling around with the mortals more. So was she closer to a, a demigod? No, she, she definitely had. Yes. Okay. Yes. She would be more towards. A, a demigod. Now, a demigod would be um, a god and a human creating a child that's half god, half human, like uh, Hercules or something. Correct. Versus a nymph, which, how does that, how do you become a nymph versus a god? A god and god wouldn't create a god? Well, it's a lower tier god. She's just lower leveled. She was... Is that because they were brother and sister? You know, uh, uh, well... I'm not sure on that, actually. I don't think we ever really discussed on that. Because that'd be pretty interesting if two Titan brother and sister have a baby and it becomes a god, which is lower than a Titan, and then two gods have a baby and it becomes a nymph, which is lower than a Titan. I mean, lower than a god. So, like, every time you have uh, this um, incest going on, it's creating lesser beings. But that doesn't make sense because the Titan Cronus... And the Titan Rhea were brother and sister, and they created the gods. Right, and aren't gods lesser than Titans? No, they're equal to. Then why have a different name? Um, because they had different personality, different traits. The Titans wanted to see they were your um, powerful, um, like fighting type 
man's men kind of uh, people or beings. And then you had the gods who wanted to see prosper and they wanted there to actually be um, civilization and no chaos kind of a situation going on. They wanted followers and believers, um, but they were kind of saddled with uh, a lot of narcissism and um, selfishness. I kind of wonder how this how this came to be, how this evolved, because what I can imagine right now is maybe there's two sets of gods, you know, like the kind of gods of war and then the gods of, like, say, the Republic. And maybe people, like, some people worship the gods of war, other people worship the gods of the Republic. And eventually, you know, they started kind of differing and, you know, kind of became two religions, but not kind of like one at the same time, if that makes any sense. And then, you know, they kind of combined them into, like, or they made a mythology about them where, you know, you have the the Titans who are like this and, you know, they're not really like the Republic, so they're kind of like demons in a way or kind of not, they're kind of lesser. And then the gods, which we like because, you know, we're a Republic and this is how our leaders are. They kind of reflect our people. Uh, I know um, ancient Rome was very warlike, so... I could see them sympathizing maybe with the Titans a bit more. As they became more of a Republic, I could see them relating more to the gods, and maybe you know the gods becoming more and more in favor with them, if that makes any sense. No, it really does. Um, and I didn't really follow a lot of the Roman mythology, but if you look at some of like Pandora's box, and that can go for Greek mythology and Roman mythology. And the Roman, Roman mythology did have a darker side to it, because wasn't a box according to the greek mythology it was a clay jar that had that was her dowry to marrying um this other god and she opened it even though she was told not to and that was to create um chaos and and hurt against humans for what the fuck gives chaos and hurt in a box as a gift go here's this gift like here's a gift don't open it or you'll destroy everything in existence <laughs> uh, also to be clear who, who is doing this exactly who's giving the gift oh, i'm trying to remember which god it was i unfortunately it was probably my stepmom that's that's deep shit just got real right now that's that's real deep hey dad <laughs> shout out <laughs> That's your decision if you want to cut that or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's see. It was Pandora. Who was Pandora's father? I don't think it was her father that did it. I I almost want to say it was Zeus because Zeus Zeus does a lot of exacting revenge on certain gods and goddesses for certain things. He he really does levelize everything, and that's why he's the god of the king or Zeus king of the gods. Zeus does a lot of fucked up things too. Didn't at one point he come down and rape a woman as a duck? A swan? Absolutely. He came down and, um, yeah, yeah, he he definitely did. Um, he came down as a swan and raped a woman. He's also come down as a, um eagle. He's transformed into a bull. Um... Yeah. So, so do you think do you think a story like that happens where like a, a woman is just walking along and all of a sudden she gets raped by a swan and then she's like it was Zeus I swear but that's what he said his name was I don't know who, who came up with that why 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 would the same people who came up with the Virgin Mary it's just an excuse for something completely fucked up to happen 
And that's funny you say that because that's what a lot of people attributed it to. It was, oh, this woman had sex with someone else that she shouldn't have. And she's just like, hey, look at this child that I magically had because I was raped. Raped by who? Uh, this? A god? Thing? Well, but how could a god have sex? Well, he was a doc. like <laughs> Swan. Obviously. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like the shape of a swan's penis, and if it's anything like a duck, oh god, that that girl was in for a bad time. I would have to say the same thing about the bull. There Wait, was what, a the, giant. What? Yeah, there's a myth where he came down as a bull, had sex, and um, actually that's how. Yeah, the Minotaur. That's where the Minotaur <laughs> comes from, by the way. Who also married his sister. So. <laughs> so not only did. A god become a bull to rape a woman and create horsemen, but it was also incest. Yep, there there is a lot of crazy myths out there. You know, here on we need to talk. We get on some crazy fucking shit, but the Greeks had us beat. They even have a god for shit. Of course they do. R- really? What is it? Um, the great mighty Pooh. No, it it starts with an S, and I'm trying to remember his name. But yeah, he was for fertilization, and his job was to help Demeter with the crops and uh, making sure that everything grows. So also, if you were um, having ailments where you could not go or you were going too much, you prayed to this god that he helped you release your bowels or hold them. That's actually, you know, it's like... Just thinking about that at first makes you know, kind of laugh at it. It's like, oh, that's funny. That's, but then you think about it a bit more, and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I could actually see them worshiping this kind of god because it makes sense for their, you know, their time period. I mean, people say it all the time: go worship the toilet god when you're like constipated and you're wishing Jesus just let me have this. Mm. Go. I, I I don't think I've heard that. But... <laughs> oh, well, you haven't been in my household. <laughs> or praying to the porcelain god when you're throwing up. There you go. Okay, because you're like yeah. kneeling at that point, but. <laughs> Um, along those same lines with like ailments and wanting to, and it having to do with manure at the same time, I know that there's a story of a philosopher, a big name philosopher, don't remember it. And he was, um, he like helped shape philosophy and, um, he got sick at some point and the doctor came and was like, Oh, here's how you fix it. And he's like, Nope, I know how to fix it. And he buried himself up to his neck in manure in the hot sun to help in the hopes that it would extract all of the water from him. And that's what happened. And he died. So he detoxified himself with toxins and dehydrated himself. himself. Yes. And he died. Wow. Because he's an idiot. Which which period was this? I don't know. I heard this on um, a, a podcast called Philosophize This. Amazing podcast. If you're interested in philosophy at all, I highly suggest it. Um, shout outs. I'll tweet at you. It's all good. Um, but like when I heard that, I'm like, this guy is insane. Like, Yeah, I don't think that was Greek because it seemed – I don't know. I'm pretty good with Greek philosophy and I don't recall – I feel like I would have heard about that. I mean, yeah. there's a story about the guy who got killed by the uh, the bird laying egg on his head. Yeah, but that that's the only kind of cool death. Well, in Greek it was philosophy. It was one of those names like Diametrius or something like that. And isn't that Greek? Yeah, sounds kind of Greek. I, I just made Greek. that. I just made that name, up, but it was something like that. Yeah, yeah the 
a lot of uh, a lot of Latin names or Roman names kind of sound Greekish as well. Fair, fair. So, hmm. Hmm. but we'll have to update about this next time. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need to apologize. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, mini sods. Um, you may get one every Thursdays. Um, you may not. So look forward to that. But to get us back on track, the only reason I brought that up is because you mentioned that he was both like people would pray to him if they had ailments. At the same time, he was also like the god of fertilization. So it was just kind of an interesting tie-in that that kind of thing happened in real life. And also, the Greeks, like, that's their thing, and that's fucked. It, very. In my in my opinion. I hope I don't upset any ancient Greeks. Mm. Oh. Now, on the topic of kind of like, a, you know, kind of people worshipping different gods for different reasons, something I learned in this book I was reading about uh, Zeus was that initially he was a rain god and it made sense with the kind of the area that they were in because in the area that they're in they're very reliant on rain for their crops and so zeus was kind of the most powerful god for that reason it doesn't seem like today why rain would be so not important because we don't really deal with rain very much it's more of a nuisance than anything but back then rain was very very important now as greeks became more and more powerful or you know the states of greece it's became less and less important, you know, the fact about rain, because they had very good agriculture, they had very good trade networks and all this kind of stuff. So uh, Zeus still held the position as the most powerful god, but he transformed more into, like, a god of uh, thunder, as a god of thunder and lightning, you know, which is a kind of different role than this god of rain. That is, yeah, there's also another theory um, that we actually discussed, because I I took that kind of stance on our class, Um there's another theory that when the gods expelled from Kronos, Hades is actually the firstborn son. He is the oldest. However, he was regurgitated last, therefore the youngest. Zeus came out first, even though Zeus was the middle child. With that being said, when Zeus was regurgitated first, he became the firstborn son. And he got to choose which um, kingdom he got to rule over. So he took Kingdom of the Sky, Mount Olympus. That was his home. Um, Poseidon took sea. And Hades kind of got stuck with the underworld in the Elysian fields. So poor Hades. So not to, to backtrack here, but you said when they were regurgitated. So um, and going back to the beginning of the podcast as well, when you were talking about this, so Kronos, the, all all these gods were were given birth to Hades first, and then Zeus was the middle child, and then Poseidon somewhere in there, and blah blah blah. And then you said that Kronos ate them all. Yep. So then he regurgitated them again, and that's when they actually came down and took took kingdoms. Yes, they. Okay. So that yep. was kind of the timeline. There. Yeah, they said, "Yeah, we're not going to be swallowed again. Let's beat Dad up and make sure that he gets sent away for good." So, despite the fact that Hades was the oldest by birth, by the time he got to the choice of what kingdom, they were all taken, and all that was left was the underworld. Yes. Okay. Yep. And then he gets Persephone later on as a wife. Now that's that's a beautiful story because it goes it ties back into the rain thing. Hercules. Uh, oh, Hercules. Uh. Oh boy. So Hades does get Persephone, and um, which is uh, Zeus's daughter with Demeter, the goddess of the crops, who kind of work with the rain, so on and so forth. Um, 
Persephone was out picking wildflowers and Hades was doing his round on his chariot. He looked up and there's beautiful Persephone and he thought, I'm lonely. I got to have her. That's mine. So nymphs are known to run away and hide and be scared um, from mortals and gods alike. They just don't want to be bothered. So Hades split the earth in front of her, didn't give her a chance, took her and brought her down um, to hell or the underworld with him. And um, Demeter, the mother of Persephone, could not find her daughter anywhere. And they had such a close bond that she was so sad that she refused to let crops grow, hence fall and winter. And now Hades trying to keep Persephone down with him because she wanted to leave. She needed her mother. She was starting to kind of like Hades, but she was like, yeah, I really love my mother, too. Hades said, all right. You can go, but first, let's eat this meal. And he fed her a pomegranate seed, which was the um, fruit of the underworld. And when you eat that, you can never leave the underworld. So there was some um, Stockholm Syndrome going on there as well. And then he tricked her into staying there because she didn't know that a pomegranate kept you in the underworld? That's correct. I, I'm not surprised that pomegranates are disgusting. There's, it's no wonder what? that, it's no wonder that pomegranates are from hell. You really don't like them? <laughs> no, I think they're one of the nastiest things on hell. I'm not sure if you're joking or not. I mean, this, this is this, serious. Well, look at my face, listeners, and you'll know whether I'm joking or not. Okay, they're, they're joking at it right now. Uh, oh god, you are serious. I don't like them. Man, that's that's fucked up. Well, I love them. You can give me yours. You, they're all yours. Thank you. They're delicious. Welcome to stay in hell. <laughs> Maybe that's where I belong. It's all a trick. Let me be clear. The underworld also had the Elysian Fields, which allowed you to, in the afterworld, it was like a heaven for the mortals. You got to live out the rest of your time in peace. There was no sickness. You were always happy. It was good times. Hades was good to his people. So why would you go to hell at all? Why would would bad people go to hell or would everybody go to hell? Everyone goes to under the underworld. And that's where they, uh, Thantos, another god of death, a son of Hades, and Persephone, actually. There's Thantos and Hypnos. Hypnos is for sleep. Thantos is for death. So Thantos would go collect these souls, bring them to... The underworld where they would be taken across the raft, uh, for the sea of sticks and they river. would be river. Sorry. Thank you. River sticks. And then they would get, um, judged, uh, basically on what was going on in their life and what they did for the world or whatever. And then they would get chosen. Okay. Well, are you were good. You were great. This and that you're going to the lesion fields. And if they weren't, then they were just kind of, I, it was like a purgatory. They're just stuck. Underworld stories always fascinate me. I know at one point, I know there's always, there's a million pop culture allegories for the River Styx and the Underworld and the Passage and all of that. Um, I know Odysseus, um, in his whole ridiculously long story, mm -hmm. at one point he he's in the Underworld and he has to traverse that. He has to go there and come out, come back out and all of that. But the um, the the kind of afterlife story that I like the most is the Egyptians, where you're um, in order to get to Aru, 
you have to go through like all these gates that have all these like big Titan things and all these monsters. And then you finally get to the judgment and you're placed on a scale and weighed against a feather. And if you're either too heavy or too light, you're damned. And if you weigh the same as the feather, you're actually sent to a rue, which is their heaven. That's, that's fascinating. But that's, that's the Egyptians. Uh, it doesn't really draw too many parallels, um, other than, you know, you know, the, the, the quintessential being judge type of deal mm-hmm. in the afterlife. Um, but I know to get back to, to Greek mythology and Hades and all that jazz, Persephone, I know at one point Hercules goes and has to rescue Persephone. Can, does anybody know that story a little bit better? Nope. That sounds like that was. I know in, uh, and I've actually never seen it, but the Disney movie, um, is that Persephone or is that Aphrodite? He married Princess Megara. Megara, <laughs> you're talking about Megara. Megara was actually a, his wife. That almost sounds racist. And she, um, yeah, he never went down for Persephone because what ended up happening is uh, they brought Zeus in and said, Father, brother, can you make a judgment? Help us out here. Because Persephone was so torn between her mother and now her newfound love for Hades and getting stuck. Zeus said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Half Six months of the year, you're up on Earth with your mother. Six months out of the year, you're down in the underworld with Hades. So for spring and summer, she goes up for her mother. And fall and winter, she's down for Hades. And thus, that's how we get the change of the seasons. So Hercules never has anything to do no with Persephone? No Hercules with uh, Persephone. I'm going to challenge that. Okay. With no facts. Challenge accepted. Just, just my heart. Pepin, you... Uh, yeah. that, that story, that story is just like... Parental custody, you know, it's like what happens in courts. <laughs> Parental custody when one of them's the father and one is when one of them is the husband and one is the mother. But the husband's the uncle too. That's creepy. <laughs> creeping. And the mother is a sister. Remember, Zeus and Demeter were. Wait, the the mother is a sister. Demeter and Zeus were direct uh, brother and sister. Gotta love the family tree and incest. Oh god, it gets very complicated. Absolutely, because Zeus's brother Hades loves his daughter, who is Hades' niece, and um, the mother is <laughs> the sister to both these gentlemen. I, I think this is why they stopped doing incest. The family tree. <laughs> I think that, that all of these stories were just made so that people wouldn't want to do incest. Because they're like, yeah. things just get too fucked up, man. <laughs> they try explaining the family tree, and then it gets these huge you, maps and everything. You and can't. It's like, you want that to be your family? And it's like, just, 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 just think about Hades. Just think about Hades. They're like, oh my goodness, I don't want... Actually, case. Hades' line is actually smaller than all the rest. Oh, his, really? his only lover he took, Persephone. And the size of your line matters. We're going to leave that there like that? Does the size of your line matter? We'll find out. Next time on We Need to Talk.